Bulls Gold is delivered to you via the Barroom Network, now in its seventh year of providing podcasts about Chicago sports, movies, and more. Make sure to subscribe to the Barroom Network for free and easy downloads of its programming. And visit its merchandising store at deepdishtees.com to purchase t-shirts, hoodies, and mugs. Now, on with the show. Ballroom Network. I'm Edward Schuler, as always, joined by Salim Sudawala. Salim, how are you doing today, man? A few days after the start of NBA free agency. I'm doing great. I'm thirsting for a drop in dimes tweets. Yes. <laughs> and I can't see them. The guy, that guy account that he uh, has been predicting everything. Uh, I don't know if he's a burner of a player or an executive or I know we were talking about he might be a uh, executive's kid or something. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, VAD started. It has not disappointed thus far. Obviously, Dame finally said he's had enough of the grind and, uh, yeah. and wants to go to a contender. Um, yeah, a lot going on. Bulls obviously did some nice moves. And... There's a lot more Zach stuff happening, yeah. so uh, a lot to talk about. Yeah, we uh, I, I think we came into this free agency period uh, with pitchforks out and ready to uh, ready to give it to AK. But uh, so far, I, I think the moves have been logical. They have made sense. Of course, people can haggle on the dollar for Vooch's contract, but I think overall they have made pretty good moves and given the route that they are choosing to go to, they've made good moves uh, for that. And yeah, I think we're all on the edge of our seats right now, giving, given what's happening with this dropping dimes hysteria on Twitter uh, that <laughs> if you're not familiar, if you're listening to this and you're not familiar, there's a Twitter account called dropping dimes 20. I believe there's a bunch of copycat accounts trying to do the same thing. So you'll see different numbers, but this account has been sweet, like Salim said, this account has been very accurate, weirdly accurate with what has happened in the NBA offseason so far. And last night, uh, the account tweeted simply Zach Levine and deactivated and it sent Bulls Twitter into a frenzy. So now we're we're, we're trying to see what's going on. There has been rumors with uh, Yahoo Sports, a report from Jake Fisher about Zach Levine being a target from the uh, Sixers in a three-team deal with uh, James Harden going to the Clippers, potentially. So there's a lot going on that, that we don't know what's, we don't know what to expect for the next couple of days or even this week. It's a, it's a holiday weekend. Anything can happen. But we got a lot to talk about with free agency and, of course, the NBA draft. We want to get some scouting reports on some of the Bulls' new pieces. And, again, joining us on this on this show, he 
he breaks down the draft like no other. He covers the NBA draft for No Ceilings. He also is the co-host of Draft Dak, also on No Ceilings. Our good friend, he's been on the show a bunch of times. Corey Saleba, Corey, man, what's going on with you, bro? Hey, what's going on, fellas? Uh, long time no see. Um, happy to be back, as always. This is, uh, you know, the go-to Chicago Bulls. Yes. Show in the rotation as always, and with all of this crazy Bulls news potentially that you know I wasn't necessarily expecting, given like you said, dropping dimes, <laughs> you know, posting and ghosting, you know, like I, I'm, I'm excited to to get the thoughts, uh, you know, out of my head and <laughs> into a microphone. Yeah, no, uh, definitely great to have you. It's going to be an uh, interesting uh, conversation, especially getting your thoughts on some of these. Uh, guys the bulls picked up out of the draft um undrafted people too in general so yeah yeah should be a fun time yeah absolutely the the nba offseason is probably the closest thing there is to a wwe pay-per-view or like a monday night raw storyline and we've been getting a bunch of that this offseason the bulls moves not as exciting as what's going on but let, let's hop into it so first let's start with uh let's start with javon carter so let's start with that pickup so the bulls have agreed to a deal with javon carter uh three years 20 million i believe is the number he's coming over from the milwaukee bucks where he's been playing pretty well as a very solid two-way guard can hit the three a tenacious defender as we know from his time in college a pretty high iq basketball player and it's expected that he's going to fill that gap that pat bev uh left for the wolves after he was really good for that team so it seems like the team is kind of all in on this type of this archetype of player to really fit in with Zach, Demar, and Vooch and Pat in that starting lineup. Corey, what did what did you think about the Carter move? I don't think really anyone talked about it, him as a potential target early, but I think we all like this move. It's a really good contract. He's a solid player overall. Fits well. He's a younger, a younger, better version, I think, of Pat Bev. So. Uh, just seems like to be a really solid fit. So what are your thoughts on the move? Yeah, I guess everybody should have anticipated it, um, given that, you know, we love a good homecoming with the Chicago Bulls and, you know, he's a a, a local guy. So I, I think it's a really good, solid move. Like, he's not a world beater, but I do think that he has the potential to, like, come in and, like, give a team starter minutes. Um, I'm, like, the, the way he's improved is, like, a pull-up shooter, just in confidence and, I think that's like a huge part of the sell because I think he probably has a little bit more of an offensive upside than a guy like Pat Bev, who was always solid. And um, But I, I think that Carter probably has another level to kind of get to as far as a contributor. I think there's a little more upside there. And his contract's great. <laughs> I mean, he's a, an excellent defender at the point of attack. Um, I think he's an, uh, he showed really good playmaking flashes. So uh, he's just a really solid player. He's not a guy who is going to be the first, second, or third best player on your team. And, you know, I guess you wish he was a little bit taller, ideally. Um, but he's just solid all the way around, man. And uh, as long as you have offensive engines like the Bulls have, like he's the kind of guy that we've seen can, you know, accentuate these guys and make it work. So I'm a big fan of the signing. You know, I get it's not the sexiest, most exciting signing you could possibly have. Um it's not splashy, but it's also not, you know, kicking the tires again on Derrick Rose just because it would be a good story. It's an actual basketball 
move. Um, and given the fact that the Bulls don't have a ton of resources this offseason to actually make like high impact, splashy moves in free agency, I thought, you know, it was a really, uh, a really nice deal for them and a, a good target. Yeah. The, the positive again, too, is he's a really strong point of attack uh, defensively. So, that's a big positive to add. I mean, the Bulls have outside of Caruso, they don't really have anyone else that's strong like that. So that's a that's a good thing, and I, and I think it could help the offense too. So they don't have to, because a lot of times the Bulls' offenses or defensive uh, scheming is uh, they don't really like to gamble on offense a lot or crash the offensive glass too much because they're worried about getting back on defense. So. Having two guys that are such, you know, past and strong defensively can help the offense do a little, maybe some of the little things that maybe you weren't going to be able to do before. Um, and like you said, that pull-up shooting, the shooting in general, and the fact that he, this guy is not shy to take the shot. Yeah. <laughs> no. we, we're going to, you know, there's the frustration, again, like, you know, I'm, I, I love Pat, but there are times he passes up shots. IO2, he started doing that. Um, Kobe doesn't, that's good. But like <laughs> you need more guys like that that are just like, you know what, I'm taking a shot. Even if even if there's a defender like five of uh, three feet of me, I'm gonna still shoot it because you know, DeMar passed it out because he was getting double teamed or whatever. So that's good. I think that's the other positives to take away from here as far as this signing is concerned. Um, and to your note. The contract is really nice. Um, you would think, like you know, that type of player, the really good two-way player, uh, especially with some of these deals that have been going around in the league so far. Um, I tweeted, I think his uh, his cap, uh, which you know, it's funny you mentioned like that people need to start putting the percentage of cap next to the salary, which is like it's so important because people keep freaking out about these numbers. Right. So like his, his percentage is only four point six percent, and you know, other players that we extended to to new contracts to new deals, uh, we can talk about them too. So Kobe is next. He signed a three-year, forty million de- deal. Um, which is could make it to 40 million with incentives. Um, what were your thoughts on that extension? Uh, like, cause I thought it was something that had to be done. We couldn't lose him. And I think you got him at a value deal. And as we talk about percentage of the cap, it's only like 7.5% of the cap. Yeah. So it, it's a, it's a deal that with his con- continuous improvements, you can move if you need to for assets. And he can be a guy that, continues to get to be a part of this core if they want to keep trying to win or even if they want to rebuild, you can still stay with the team and, you know, continue in that regard. So what are your thoughts on, on the Corey or uh, the Corey, the Kobe <laughs> White uh, contract and his future uh, next season with the team? I think it's a, it's a great deal. It's completely fair for both sides because, you know, I, I think Bulls fans, probably hold Kobe in higher regard than, you know, your average NBA fan isn't as in tune with what the Bulls are doing on a game-to-game basis. And, you know, we saw Kobe turn into a really solid player this year. Um, I I also think, you know, the Bulls, if they're going to improve their team, 
um, given the limited resources and the fact that Lonzo's deal kind of does hinder what you can possibly do every year in free agency because it's just dead cap until, you know, they figure out a solution as to if his career really is over and if they apply for, you know, that exception or whatnot. Like, you need these deals like Kobe's deal just to, like, make salaries work. You know, like, for one, Kobe deserved the contract because – you know, he's a solid player who offers a, you know, a skill in the NBA that is very valuable and his ability to shoot it. You know, I still think he's pretty streaky at times and, you know, there's, he's not a perfect player by any means, but, and I don't know if necessarily if he's a starting point guard on a good team um, or I guess, depending on what the roster construction around him is, I don't know if he's, you know, a, the right point guard if you need him to like take a whole bunch of like playmaking responsibilities. But as a guy who's like just a got pretty good size and could space the floor and maybe be a complimentary piece and isn't a disaster. If you do need to, to make plays in a pinch, I think he can do that. So he could like start for some teams. Otherwise he's a good bench piece for some teams. And if you're getting him from what, anywhere from like 11 to 13 million a year, depending on if he reaches the incentives, I mean, that's incredibly fair. And like you said, like the percentage of the cap, it's really low like the and given what some of the, you know role other role players in the league are are making now like if you guys if you have guys like this on what is going to be a value deal especially because like the cap's not going to stagnate yeah it's going to keep going up right. um, and i think his the last year of his deal uh the cap is set to like like really spike because I think that's when the TV deal is going to kick in. If I, mean, I could be mistaken, right. yeah. um, could be close he's going to like be making fifty million, like by that time, or at hundred. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I, it's supposed to be. I don't I, know. Like, I, I thought they put some cap smoothing into the thing so that it wouldn't be as crazy as last time. But I think it's so it was still supposed to spike a little bit. Yeah. Um. So I, yeah, you're yeah you're right. So, so it's, it's, it's it's a great deal. I, I mean, I'm I think the Bulls offseason has been pretty boring from a like crazy move perspective, like you want to see like on in the NBA Twitter era where you're just like, you want to see that come across like we had when we did sign Lonzo and DeRozan. And that was like a really exciting day. It's been boring from that regard, but I think the moves themselves have been like solid moves. If the direction of the team is we want to continue to try to make the playoffs. If you're uh, somebody who's like, Hey, I just want to blow this thing to pieces and rebuild um obviously you're probably gonna be like oh we're treading water again but also i think that like re-signing a guy like vooch re-signing kobe like these are now assets because they have a couple of extra years so if you are trading for them and you want to blow it up eventually like you could at least be like hey this whatever team's trading for these guys are not getting a rental they have them for a couple of years now so I think I think the the Kobe deal was was uh, necessary and incredibly fair. Yeah, I, I agree yeah. with you. I think it's 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 a very fair deal, and there's still so much potential for him to exceed that contract because I, I think we really haven't seen like that next level of Kobe White. Like you said, he's he's still a, a streaky player shooting wise, but he's gotten better defensively, and I think we're seeing him like be more comfortable on the ball. And we know he's mm-hmm. already a really good catch and shoot player. And it just seems like the game has slowed down for him overall. And I, I think we talked about this on the last show, but I, I really do want to see if there's a a a, uh, a trajectory for Kobe White to become like that 
that 39, 40% three point shooter consistently, because I think if he can do that, then we're talking about like a player that is becoming really good as well as continuing to be pretty solid as a team defender overall. So yeah, I, I like this deal. And for the cap reasons you mentioned, it's a deal that is coming. Uh, we don't know the exact numbers, but it should pretty much be in line with what the non-taxpayer MLE is, or at least somewhere around that. So like you're getting a player who six man, maybe a starter, depending on the team, but I, I like the value. Yeah. It's great value. And you need those yeah. again. And the bulls just need contracts. The bulls don't have like just tradable contracts money wise. Yeah. Um, and, and with the cap continuing to go up, and contracts being more expensive, if you just want to trade for like a mid-tier guy, he might be making, you know, Jeremy Grant's going to be making $30 million a year, right? Like you need contracts to match up even to get guys like that on that level. So, and and like you said, he he definitely has the ability to like get to potentially 39 40% as a shooter. Yeah. Like that's 100%. I think he's better as a finisher. Um, and he's going into like his prime years and you're getting them really cheap. So... It, it ultimately, it, whether it's value that he brings to the Bulls or value that he brings as a trade asset, like he's, I, I think it was a, a no-brainer decision from the front office. Yeah, I think in the same vein with, I mean, with Vooch, his contract extension, I personally, I want, like, I, I did want the Bulls to try to look for a sign-in trade. But when you look at his extension, and even if my contention was the third year being fully guaranteed, it Again, he's only like what 13, uh, like 13.5, 13.6% of the cap. Uh, again, when you're seeing all these other deals being signed, it's it's a movable deal. He's he's a starting caliber center. I mean, top maybe 10, 15. I would say probably closer to top 15 than top 10 as a, as a, as a center in general. But yeah, I mean, it would be a movable deal. Like the deals that they've signed are not a problem at all. I think the only thing you can say if you want to have an argument is like they need to do a bigger shakeup than they have so far, which is I think is a fair thing to be concerned about. But any any of the actual contracts that have been assigned are not anything to really worry about because, again, you can move every single one of these um, if they need to at any right. point this season, next season, or whatever. I think with the Vooch deal, it was, I was honestly surprised that I, so, okay. So with, with the Vooch deal, I get the frustration from people like in terms of, I guess for me, it was like separating how you feel about this route versus how you feel about the overall contract. Because I know people right. don't like the, that the fact that the bulls are treading water, like you know, Corey said, like, oh, we're, we're doing this again. We're trying to be a, the ultimate play-in team. And it's like, okay, fair. If you don't like that, I get it. But 360, and when we were talking about projections, that's a lower number than we were talking about because I think we, like you said 23, I said 24, so they came in lower with that. And right. he's still, he should still be a starting caliber player, a double-double guy for a majority of that contract. Like, I don't see Vooch falling yeah. off that deal. And like you said, it's a, with the cap going up, $20 million is, it's already kind of a new norm for a starting caliber player, but it's going to, like, that contract is going to be fine. So, yeah. I, like, 
I, I didn't really get a lot of the like the head down about that Vooch deal. Like I get it. We did we were bidding against ourselves, but Vooch was in the ultimate position of leverage here because the Bulls are trying to go down this route and they have to keep him otherwise they get significantly worse. So he was really in the driver's seat. So he basically was like, Oh, well, you know, I can call my shot here. And of course he wouldn't get that deal anywhere else, but I, that kind of, to me, that kind of defeats the point. But yeah, Corey, what do you think about like the, uh, the Vooch contract? Again, I think it's fair. I think it's the going rate. I mean, uh, Nurkic is making $18 million a year. Like, I don't know. I'd probably rather have Vooch. He's healthier. <sighs> I think he, you know, uh, I, I trust him more to bring things to an offense, the Bulls defense with him, you know, like it's still, it, it works. Like he's, he's a good enough defender scheme wise, you know, Valanciunas is at 15 million this year, but I think he he's expiring and then he's probably going to get something similar. I think that tier of center, this is what these guys are worth now. And you could say that the Bulls bid against themselves and maybe that's true, but like if that's the going rate, like that's the going rate for a center of this caliber. And I think one of the reasons that we like, I just feel like there's a little bit of animosity with Vooch within the Bulls fandom, just because he was the guy in the magic trade that we got that very clearly has not worked out in the Bulls favor. And you look at Wendell, who's on like a crazy value deal. Um, even if I don't necessarily think, you know, Wendell's a world beater himself, like, comparatively you're like oh we could have had Wendell for this contract plus the draft picks so there's like a little bit of animosity towards Vooch even though he's been a good player for the Bulls while he's here the Bulls have just had bad luck with the Lonzo injury and that's you know kind of hampered the direction of the team but 20 million a year for a guy whose game I think is going to age gracefully he's very much skill-based he's not super athletic to begin you know to begin with he gets by on feel and like IQ and um, and skill. So I, I think that there's not going to be a ton of drop off uh, throughout the short remainder of his deal. I think he'll be tradable because I do think that there will be teams out there who are like, all right, that's not a lot of money for a good, solid starting center. He's probably not going to net you two lottery picks anymore if you do trade him, but he's going to be tradable to where you're not just like, we have to move off this contract and we're going to give up assets to do it. Like, I don't think that's where he's going to be at throughout the remainder of his deal. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, like, I don't know if you're looking to go cheap, a cheaper route, like Rashawn Holmes, like he's making what 13 million a year. So like, who is the replacement? Where is it coming from? If it's not going to be, you know, a player you get through the draft. I don't yeah. know. Do yeah. you want Andre Drummond? Do you want to pay him? Like, <laughs> a little bit more to be your starting center. Like, I, I, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like you got to get, you got to get lucky probably in the draft. Um, because I, I just don't think that there are guys who could produce like Vooch who on any given night could produce at an all-star level and is always going to be pretty solid for you. Good passer keeps the offense humming. Like, I don't know. It's the going rate. I, I don't think the bulls even necessarily were bidding against themselves. Like what it, you play hardball piss off the agent you piss off the player and you save yeah. two million a year like i don't know like i the thing i've realized kind of getting to see a little bit more of like the the behind the scenes of the nba is like there's a lot of politics you know it's all about relationships it's all about like you kind of have to keep some of these things alive a little bit 
just to help yourself in the future. And you have to weigh that, like, is it worth it to piss off a bunch of people and be like, this organization's really hard to deal with to save your team a little bit of money, in which case the only person that benefits is like the Reinsdorfs, I guess. It's not like that money is then going to go like be put into the team elsewhere, probably. So, yeah. like, I don't know. I thought it was completely fair, reasonable. Um, and again, great, with the cap point. going up, like it's it's going to be 13 percent of the cap every year. It's not a lot of money. That's a great All point. Right. Like what you're saying is spot on. And I, I think the one of the things we were wondering was like, OK, let's say Vooch is saying I want 20 million. You say, no, nobody's going to offer you that. But we do like 15 or 14 million or like 13 million. We do that. I think at that point, if you're Vooch, you're like, well, why would I stay here if I'm taking a $7 million pay cut? I could probably go somewhere else, take that pay cut, and have a better chance of winning a title. So, like, if I'm going to take that money, I'm not staying in Chicago. So, I I think it's a little bit more nuanced than just pay him less because no one is bidding against him. Like, it's just, like you said, there's just so much more going on. And then when you look at the other contracts that have been signed by, like, players of similar caliber – at his position and even at other positions, it's not crazy. Like Brooke Lopez got what twenty four million on a two year deal, like annually, right. and he's two years older. And while you can say yeah, he's a better defender than Vooch, like is he four million dollars better per year? I I don't really think so. But yeah. Vooch yeah. is probably going to look a little bit better next to Giannis too. Like yeah, you know, yeah. yeah exactly. I think so. It's it's not. I a think bad the only deal. thing that really well, I'll say this. I think the biggest thing separates them too is is the rim protection. Um, because I think Brooke Lopez is a much better rim protector. Um, he's a monster, like person. Yeah. Like he's he's literally like just a giant. Like when you see him in person, and you know we had Robin here. When you look at him, right. on the, yeah, yeah. He's, they're, they're just huge, they're are... just huge men, like yeah. like monstrous people, and that you know that makes a difference for sure as far as like the ability to protect the rim. Yeah. Right, the shooting is not that much different. Like if you like, like Brooke shot a couple percentage higher, but it's not like you know this massive, uh, like gap between them as shooters. Like it's not like. Brooke Lopez is some kind of 40% shooter or something like that. So I think that's probably the biggest difference there where you can say um, you might rather have Brooke simply because of the fit with Zach and, and DeMar too. But at the same time, uh, you got to pay the price. <laughs> I, I, I do think, well, the price, not yeah. only that, but I, I do think Vooch is a better passer too. So mm-hmm. that element in the offense, I mean, the Bulls have such limited uh, half court, feel like offensive half court feel in their game, like passers and decision makers in their game, then you lose another valuable passing big or a person that can make the right pass and make the right decision. That has to be considered too. A lot of these, you know, options that we talk about at for center, I think the passing aspect is something that gets overlooked the most in these discussions because like, yeah, Vooch isn't like, Obviously, he's, he doesn't touch Jokic, obviously. No, not even close. Uh, but of this, all the centers in the league that can really pass the ball and have have good vision and have good feel uh, on getting the right play done, like, he's, you would miss that. Like, if you got, like I said, Raquan Holmes, you're missing that. 
Uh, a lot of people, some people are talking about Christian Wood, which is crazy because his defense is even worse than Vooch's. He's actually just a bad defender. Like, yeah. Vooch is limited. Like, Christian Wood is just a bad defender. Every and, team has a bad experience with him. Every right. team yeah. that he goes for has a right. terrible experience. This, like this, Yeah, so that, and then you look at, obviously, he can't really pass the ball. Oh, he's not a good passer. So, yeah, it is what it is. Like I said, you know, it's 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 not about the deal. For me, it was never about the deals. It was more about just the direction of the team. And right. Because we'll works. see what happens with that going forward and what what they do more. Um, obviously, there's more rumors coming up about Zach. Yeah. And maybe that's a, another different direction they go to, at least with the and when it concerns to the big three. Uh, we can get into that now let's, if you guys want yeah, to. Yeah, let's let's get into that because uh, it's rare that I make conspiracy theories, and the fact that I might be <laughs> on to something with this one that I made a few <laughs> weeks ago is making me wonder where uh, maybe I should get into this business a little bit more. So, uh, like we said at the top, uh, there are rumors circulating about a Zach Levine deal. First, it was I believe Jake Fisher of Yahoo. Now, this Dropping Dimes account, which it still sounds crazy to say, but it's been right, so <laughs> we'll, we'll go with it. But l- let's just focus on if this is even like in the works or if this is even really possible, because I think we were talking about w- what sense does it make to bring back Vooch? We, we now have Carter in the mix, and we still have DeMar DeRozan. Would they build this team without Zach Levine in it? And because theoretically, if you trade Zach Levine, you should be rebuilding. But my conspiracy theory was maybe there is a chance that the Bulls think that if they trade Zach Levine, it's not as big a loss as we would think. I would disagree with them, but mm-hmm. they think that they can get good pieces that can play now, fill some of that role and get help elsewhere and still be as good as they were last year, potentially better. I don't know, but with these rumors, it's kind of hard to shake what's going on right now. So Corey, what are your thoughts? Like we we've seen potentially involvement in a three team deal with the Sixers and the Clippers. Who knows? Damian Lillard is potentially getting traded. I don't know if Zach Levine will be a part of some big deal with that too. I don't know, but what are your overall thoughts on Zach Levine getting moved given the direction that this team is going in to still compete and be a com- good team, a competitive team? Like it, it just, I don't know. It just doesn't really flow. It. Yeah. I just think that Zach is going to be more like, should be more valuable than any kind of Clippers piece would bring back in a three team trade. If like they were getting some of the Clippers pieces Unless the Bulls are getting Paul George, in which case, like, you're still dealing with a guy who might be injured. I think, you know, you'd probably argue that Paul George's ceiling is higher as a player when he is healthy, and he probably makes you a better team, which I'd agree with. But he's a little older, still injury prone. I I just can't see the Bulls giving Zach away. But I could also, I do think that they could trade him I mean I think he's coming off a year in which like started out really down because he was recovering from the injury and then by the end of the year he was like you know I think one of the best guards in the league 
so you can't give him away. You're not giving him away for the Bradley Beal package because that was a completely different scenario, even if I think you would say that they're probably similarly tiered players. But Zach is, you know, I think on a better contract and he's also, um, I think, you know, you can make an argument he's a, a higher tiered player and he doesn't have a no trade clause. But like, I don't know. It, I, I could also see the argument that like if, they're, they're part of a Miami trade and like Tyler Hero's coming back. Like the Bulls probably don't drop off too much if like Hero's coming back. So I I don't know. I, I don't know where, where you go. I don't know if you're trying to get young picks and pieces. If the Clippers are involved, I don't know where that even comes from, those picks, because they owe so many to OKC. Like, and it to me, like, why are you trying to continue to compete with when your best player is going to be DeMar? And Vooch and like how far is that even going to get you like are you really expecting Kobe and Pat to take the kind of step they would need to take which like even if they get better I don't think they're taking like a superstar leap I don't know the rumors are confusing but I do believe dropping dimes because he's nailed every single (laughs) other thing so far um and a lot of times when there's smoke there's fire um I know that there's been a lot of Knicks rumors with Zach and Joe Cowley mentioned uh i think joe cali mentioned it this week i can't remember but day that the bulls were they were not making calls but they were still receiving calls about zach right. levine recently they were taking calls yeah, they yeah, were yeah. taking yeah them. yeah, um, yeah. So, so that means they're open to them or they're yeah. still open to moving zach but they're not going out of their way to say hey let's let's trade zach yeah like, so, supposedly so there's smoke coming like if we're in a neighborhood right now in the suburbs there's smoke coming from different <laughs> houses right now and it's getting hard to ignore and like part of me wonders whether these rumors um from last season play a role in it where like there was a talk about a rift in the locker room between zach and damar and then i think zach and billy donovan as well so mm. Part of me wonders whether that is contributing to this. I don't know, but it, it's just—I don't know. Like, it, it just seems weird. Like, would like something? What do you think? Like, I, I don't know. Like, we this going down this route and saying we're still going to compete without Zach Levine. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It just seems like it's probably going to happen at this point. Uh, a move with Trish. I don't. I'll. I'll I guess it depends on what they end up doing because there was also that rumor where the Bulls would end up with James Harden and then they would send out both Zach and Demar, which was a really stupid idea. I was like, "What the hell? Would, that's just dumb. Like, why are we getting James Harden uh, and then sending out both Zach and Demar? That's just a very stupid idea." Um, then somebody else suggested if you got Harden and Maxi and then Zach went to Philly and then. Some other stuff went somewhere else. I don't know. That I could probably live with a little better because I really like Maxi. Um, I, I think he has a lot more potential still. He's only, what, 22 years old, and he's already, like, one of the better starting point guards, combo guards in the league. Um, so I think that, that that would make me, like, be like, okay, well, you could probably still win this season and you still have – the future upside if you want to continue down the line at some point with Maxi, Pat, and Kobe. And then if when you, uh, any of one of these other younger guys end up showing something, like uh, uh, who we'll talk about later is uh, Julian Phillips, and then obviously someone like Dale and Terry, if they show more potential in, in any capacity. 
Um, that could make sense. But then the other one was obviously with Tyler Hero and then and pick compensation. And to tell you the truth, the pick compensation would have to be heavy because like Tyler Hero can shoot, but like I'm not really a big fan of his game overall. Um, yeah. like I feel like like defensively he's like much worse than Zach. Uh his contract is not like that desirable to me. Um it would be disappointing. It would make it would be so stupid. Like if like let's say if they traded Zach for a hero and they only got like one one pick and that's about it, no other assets in return. It's like, wait, how is this team supposed to be better? Hmm. <laughs> like how and you're keeping DeMar and, and, and Booch. Like, how is this team supposed to be better? No, they're not gonna be better. And like you said, Ed, if they're expecting like big jumps from Kobe and, and Pat, is basically Pat comes in and surprises everyone like that year Jimmy did. Yeah, that's basically what you have to hope and and how this team would take a jump is because Pat gets the ball more because Zach won't be on the team um, as far as the usage uh, part is concerned, and he also just starts really. You know, he he takes that next de- step in development, which he's shown flashes of, as on as far as his on ball, um, one two dribble game is concerned, and you know takes that big step there. But yeah, it just it it's a lot going on. You know that like I said, that there's some things that I would be wouldn't be as concerned, but I'm mad about if the Zach trade happened. But there's a lot more out there right now. I feel like it just very confusing and it doesn't make sense want to be want to move from zach and keep damar and and booch you should be more likely you should be saying okay i'll move on from damar if i want to still win now and find something that fits better with what we want to do as far as changing the shot profile so like if it was damar for james harden yeah i think that would make more sense um because i think harden could fit better with uh, Zach, as far as he can space, space the floor, he's a good point guard as well. Um, so I think he would be good in that sense and, you know, moving the ball a little bit more and finding more opportunities for other guys. But yeah, long, yeah. long, all winded, long winded answer short, but yeah, just confusing. And it's kind of like, I really hope he doesn't, AK doesn't do something here that we're, it's going to basically dig a bigger hole. Than, than he's already dug in certain aspects. Yeah, it, it it really seems like they're trying to have their cake and eat it too here. So, like, maybe they get picks. Like, they send Harden to Philly, or not Philly, to the Clippers, and then DeMar Zach goes to Philly because then that would still keep Philly's kind of, like, window open to compete. And then the Bulls get, I don't know if they would get Maxi and, like, picks, or I don't know what the Bulls would get in compensation, but like I think the picks would help in terms of if the Bulls do end up rebuilding sometime soon, right. then that would kind of, you know, restore kind of the uh the uh the chess box, I guess if you will, of you know tools. If you get like train uh train was it Terrence Mann and yeah. Maxi and then picks. Yeah. Um then that, I think that would that could be that could be something that makes sense. Yeah. Maybe. Not saying it's it's a great deal by any means but like at least that's more of a direction where you i was you're sending out demar and zach and getting a couple more younger guys yeah um i think that makes sense like it's 
and then and then maybe you move Vooch later because you know he's on a movable deal. So it's almost like they're rebuilding it as they go. Like they want. To, I don't know, yeah, it's just I don't know. It's it, it's trying to balance two two things at once, and I don't know. It, it's we'll see. Like I don't know. Maybe dropping dimes will. Uh, you need an you need an enticing piece back is the yeah. point. Yes, and yes, it's hard yeah, to figure exactly. out what the enticing piece is because right. the Clippers like Norman Powell, Marcus Morris, and like Terrence May. I don't know. Like. Not yeah, not for Zach. That's just not. You can't get Zach yeah. for that. You know, yeah. like no, Maxi exactly. has to. Maxi has to be in the deal. Uh, maybe and maybe Maury is like, look, if this doesn't work this year, Embiid's probably requesting a trade. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We've seen him back against the wall. He made the Westbrook the Westbrook trade. It doesn't seem like he's, you know, against swinging for a fence, even if it's short sighted. So maybe he's just thinking. If I can get Zach Demar to put around Embiid, that probably gives us a better chance to to win than if I, you know, whatever I just get back for Harden. If I have to give up Maxi, that's I'm willing to do it because we're probably going to be in a complete dumpster fire rebuild mode. I might get fired. Like screw it. Yeah, like, like that's the only there's the only thing, way I could see actually moving off from those guys. If you get a starting piece like Maxi, who's not going to ha- help you be good enough in the interim to like ruin drafts, but like, cause the bulls, if the bulls do decide to hit the reset button in that regard, you can't do the thing where we're getting the seventh pick every year. Right. Right. You have to just commit to the, <laughs> to being like atrociously bad. And at, like, I don't think Maxi prohibits you from doing that. If he's like the remaining guy necessarily, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he's just, he is that awesome. And if you do have a guy like Pat and, whatever and they're just in mediocrity still but it's it's very confusing just cuz i think bulls fans have seen zach over the last few years and like know what he's capable of when he actually is healthy and he's mostly been healthy and he gets better seemingly every year and i don't know, maybe we just value him higher than oh yeah we do what people around the league do yeah we we do i mean we we know zach Levine is good but other people from the outside looking in they're like oh well he's like monte ellis and jamal crawford just with like a higher contract so they're like with eh. hops yeah yeah with <laughs> hops so they're yeah. like yeah he's not he's not that good empty calories and it's just like eh, it's not really what we're seeing but okay <laughs> yeah again it's like it always comes down to like his efficiency like you look at his efficiency you don't you know the empty calories is when you know somebody has to shoot on the team and then this guy ends up taking the high usage volume of the shots but then it turns out where he's like very below league efficiency but Zach Zach pool is, in washington this year exactly <laughs> um it's a good one that's what it's gonna turn out he's gonna be the guy who shoots a lot of shots and his efficiency is gonna suffer because obviously he's not playing in that golden state uh offensive system and without staff taking a lot of the defensive attention away. So it, it, with Zach, it's like, yeah, he takes a lot of high volume, high shots. Um, he, he gets defended as a number one on the team and his efficiency is still very elite. Yeah. He, so that's, that's not empty numbers. Like that's legit great at what he does. Yeah. Obviously the conversation and I, and I, I don't think there's like anyone in, Amongst Bulls Nation, I mean, maybe there's some that think he's a number one on a championship team. Who knows? But for the most part, we all think he's a really good number two, yeah. and he can be. And like, if, especially if 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 something would have happened 
Uh, and he went to Philly to play next to Embiid. I think there'll be a lot of people to eat crow on Zach. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> a lot of people that would be eating crow on Zach. And, again, we would have the conversation about, oh, man, a, a, a Bulls player went away, and all of a sudden he's doing great things uh, playing in another team. And it's everyone, all the local people that constantly trashed Zach, the local radio stations would all of a sudden be like, the Bulls screwed it up again, and then yeah. the player went away and became great somewhere else. It's like, no, you idiots. You guys were not paying attention. <laughs> yeah. I'm what does what does Jamal Murray look like without Jokic? It's it's about yeah, fit. It's exactly. about finding the right team construct. And like it's very hard to be a like perimeter player and be the best player on a championship level team or like a high level team. It's like very hard to do that, especially like when you're a shooting guard or or a, a smaller guard. Like so I don't know. He's awesome. I don't think the Bulls should give him away. Yeah. Yeah. It, if they do, I guess they know something we don't, and there's you know a bigger rift between him and Billy, like you mentioned, or, or who knows. But they should not give him away for scraps. They need to get right. real, real stuff for him. Yeah, there, there's something brewing here. I, I don't know what it is. Uh, you, I don't know. It's like with that that uh, Thanos, their Thanos meme with the what is he cooking or. Yeah, I, I don't know. It, it's something <laughs> happening. We'll see uh, if Dropping Dimes <laughs> blesses us uh, today with a an update on his report, uh, on his one or two word report. Uh, but yeah, we'll see. We'll see what the rest of free agency brings to us. So shifting gears into the uh, into the NBA draft and the Bulls moving into or trading into the draft to select Julian Phillips. Uh, with a 35th pick overall in the deal with the Washington Wizards. So now that we know the compensation, the Bulls trading their 26, 20, 2026 and 2027 second round picks in order to uh, draft Phillips uh, out of Tennessee. Um, let's start with him before we get into the uh, like the two-way guys that the team uh, has signed. What do, you, what do you think about Phillips overall, Corey? So, uh, first of all, first of all, I have to make it clear that I am probably going to be extremely biased because this is a Columbia area kid. So, you know, I, I will be a little <laughs> bit illogical here at times. Just want to make sure that is known. Um, but Phillips overall, like he seems very I, I I think the the flaws with him are a little overblown, but valid, like in terms of shooting and I think the defensive prowess is very, you know, that's known, but. Overall, like I think that there is some, there could be something here. Like his shot doesn't look bad, like at least in terms of the actual mechanics up front. But like the lower body and the base, it's kind of like all over the place from what I've seen uh, in clips. But in, in terms of like that perimeter shooting, I feel like we don't really know yet, like what he can be because when, when you look at the volume at Tennessee, it was so low. Like I think that it was a difference between making six three pointers that would have put his percentage at like 35 or 36 or something like that. So it's, I don't know, like it's not that bad to me, but overall, what do you think about Julian Phillips and how we can project him uh, this upcoming season and long-term as well? I really like Julian Phillips. Um, I think this was a, a worthwhile shot to, to get a guy like this in the second round. Again, we see a trend with the type of players that this front office has targeted in the draft, long athletic, potential two-way guys that kind of have um you know a versatile skill set 
I had Phillips as a at 20 on my board coming into the year. I really liked him a lot as a prospect. And you mentioned like the the base of his shot being a little funky. And I completely agree with you. Like when he was in high school, one of the reasons I liked him a lot, because I was like, oh, this is like a huge wing player who can like shoot off movement. And like, I thought he was going to be like a more of like a scoring wing mm-hmm. coming into college. Like that's kind of how he played. I thought he was the best prospect on his Link Academy team, which had like Jordan Walsh on it. Um, and like a couple other good players that are still playing in college. And it was because I just bought his shot a little bit more than I did a guy like Jordan Walsh, who was like the quote unquote, you know, number one option on that team. Um, I think he, I think he was at like 11% from three through like a large, a large portion of the year. And then he ended up finishing at 25%, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, 24%. So like, he started shooting it better as the year went on. He just was like really cold. Um, but the the encouraging thing is he shot 82% from the free throw line and he got there a good amount. Like his free throw rate was over 60%. So he was constantly getting downhill, being athletic, seeking contact, and then finishing his free throws. His base is jacked up. He changed it. He's got to rework that completely. But everything up top looks smooth. And... um I think his touch is good as evidenced by the free throw shooting. So I think there's reason to be encouraged that the shooting will actually come around and he can actually be, you know, a three and D wing that can also get to the rim will be versatile out in transition. He could pass it a little bit. He's a good rebounder. He's a great defender, absolutely locked up Grady Dick um, when they played Kansas. And um, an interesting note, like when I, during the pre-draft process and I was watching film with a lot of the prospects, we would talk, you know, after we were done recording and I would always ask them, like, who did you play that was like really good or like, who do you think is overrated or whatever? And one of the kids I was talking to, you know, kind of unprompted, he asked me, he's like, what do you think about Julian Phillips? And I was like, oh, I, I like Phillips. And he hadn't even he didn't he hadn't played against him, but I guess he had played, you know, with him earlier in high school. He's like, yo, they are killing him in Tennessee. Like that situation is so bad for him. They don't know how to use him. They're like, that dude can play. So I, and you know, I think uh, when I was talking to a lot of these prospects, it was valuable insight because it was a different perspective for things that you couldn't see, you know, just by watching the, the, the film. And I think that's, you know, for anybody who follows college basketball, Tennessee, they're a tough physical, like defensive team. That's really frustrating to play against. But I think when you play for them on the offensive side, people don't ever tend to like show their best self in that system necessarily. So I was a little surprised that Phillips actually came out because I thought if he came back, he was going to be a lottery pick next year. I thought he would transfer and play himself into being a lottery pick. So I was a little surprised that he actually decided to stay in the draft, but um, to get him at 35 for a guy who I think could potentially provide like you know top 15 top 20 value in a draft because all, all he really has to do is get that shot right and there's reasons to project it in the, the right ways I think it's a good pick I mean I think second round picks are always going to be a little bit easier to acquire than you know like obviously we saw how easy it is to trade in and you're trading away future stuff but you'll get you know random second round picks in different trades that that you'll be a part of and um, so to get to go up get a guy that you're targeting I think it was, I thought it was a solid move. Again, do I think for this Bulls roster necessarily it was like the most perfect fit? No, but I think when you, if you're just looking at it from a talent perspective, 
it's another guy who is tall, long, and has like interesting skills. He's raw. I don't think he's going to contribute right away. I don't think any Bulls fans should like have the, have it in their head that he's going to be a large part of the rotation. But um, I think if you are patient with him and you watch him develop over the course of the years, I think he's a good prospect. Then it's uh you know to get him in the system. I think it's a uh, you know really solid move. Yeah, I think this is where like a guy like Pete Patton comes into play. You, you know, they they hired this new shooting coach. Uh, obviously, he has ties to Chicago area, um, but he's known as a legit good development coach. So, obviously, that's something that when they're, when when we talk about obviously AK as a type, and we you mentioned it, we all mentioned it. And obviously, Julian Phillips fits that type. Like you you mentioned, the versatility defensively, the length, uh, the athleticism, um, a guy that you can probably work with to improve his shooting. Um, so yeah, if if Pete Patton can come in and be like, "Hey, dude, you're these are the things," like especially when you talked about his base. All right, this is what you're doing wrong with the base. We need to just change that and go back to what you were doing or something differently in general. Um, and obviously his shooting as far as the free throw percentage was concerned is a good indicator sometimes that, yeah, maybe he can end up being a decent catch and shoot guy. Yeah. It could, it could definitely turn into a situation where you kind of get a steal at that place. If at that, at 35, if those development processes do end up happening. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a little intrigued, more intrigued by him. I just kind of like, again, I, I get frustrated with like getting prospects that don't have the shooting yet. So that's always like the question mark. Will he develop that shooting? But, you know, like I said, the other uh, other intangibles are definitely there as far as what could really make him uh, a good pro. And then the, obviously the swing skill ends up being the shooting. If the shooting can end up being there, He's going to be a very good, valuable role player uh, for a long time in this league, for sure. Um, what, what were your thoughts on Adama Sanago? Uh, I saw quite a few people when the draft ended saying, like, this guy's probably the best undrafted rookie or undrafted guy available. Um, I think offensively, there's some good things as far as feel as a passer. Um, he can kind of shoot it a little bit. He improved last season um good touch uh touch around the in the paint uh as far as finishing is concerned defensively he probably have problems because he's not somebody that can defend in space i think some people i saw mentioned he's adequate adequate as far as mobility but yeah it's not something you would expect him to be able to go out and defend in space so what, what are your thoughts on him love it like i was I was stoked when I saw it. Um, when I was scouting him at the Big East tournament, he was one of the guys where I was like, "All right, I got I got to go back and watch him a little bit closer because he's popping in a real way." Like seeing him live, um, he was wildly productive this year. Uh, I did a uh, Bartorovic query um, with Sonogo, uh, which if, if you kind of put the right inputs in can give you like a, a idea of like what kind of company he is as far as production goes in college. And for guys this year or just in general, since 2008 guys who have had an effective field goal percentage and true shooting percentage over 59 defensive rebound percentage over 20 assist percentage over 10 
steal percentage over one and a half, block percentage over three, box score plus minus over 10 from a high major, Keegan Murray, Kevin Love, Blake Griffin, Frank Kaminsky, Sonogo, Wendell Carter, Xavier Tillman, Joel Embiid, and Daniel Ochefu. So like most of those, most of those guys are legitimate NBA players on that list. And that's kind of what I look for in these queries. Not like, do I think he's going to be Joel Embiid or like 09 or like prime Blake Griffin or something? Of course not. But do I think that he has a real path to being an NBA player? Absolutely. Like I had him 35th on my board, I think. Um, He's a winner. His touch is insane. He shot 76% um, at the rim. Uh, This year, his block percentage was only at 3%, but the two previous years, it was over 6 um, so he was playing with, uh, you know, another big shot blocking guy that took some of that away from him. I think, um, his shooting improved. It's slow. It's more of a set shot. Do I think it, that's going to be a process? Yeah. But again, I think you, you buy the touch on him. I think he can move a little bit. He's just, he's strong as hell. So like, you're not going to be able to overpower him seven, three wingspan. So even if he's going to be, you know, six, eight and a half, six, nine in shoes, he has the length, he has the strength. I I really like it. Like I think he's got a real opportunity to to earn minutes on this team. Um, you know, obviously Drummond's there, but uh, if even if you know he opted out and the Bulls were like, let's roll with Sonogo as the backup, like I would have been like, cool, like let's rock because winning player, impactful, a little bit older, really underrated, uh, should not have gone undrafted. But in the second round. Uh, again, it becomes a lot of times like agents will be like, Hey, don't draft my guy. Like I want to, you know, push him to an, uh, a place where I think he's going to have a better opportunity. Like, hmm. you know, this is, this is the Austin Reeves story. Like the agent was telling teams not to draft them. Right. Um, so I, I that could have been a situation with, with Sonogo, but I, I thought he, this was like an excellent value play from the bulls to get him undrafted. And I, I think the bulls have done really well the last two years because I still love Justin Lewis and his potential and obviously yeah. he had that he had the knee injury and to get him undrafted last year I think the Bulls are going out and getting you know uh, in my opinion some of the best players if not the best players that are available in the undrafted free agent market yeah I, yeah I think important to note too is like the size factor uh with a guy like uh Adama because the Bulls don't have a lot of guys that are like six eight plus and the length and the arm length. And if they can, if some of these guys like Justin Lewis and Adama can start being factors, that that size opportunity and toughness inside is a game changer for the Bulls. Then because then you're not worried about getting beat up too much and having to forcefully play a lot of four guard lineups because you just don't have that size available to you. So that's. That's something important. I think, like, Justin Lewis, to be honest, I felt like he could have played last season if he didn't get injured. Like, I felt like yeah. he was, like, the most, like, even more NBA-ready than Dale and Terry. Um, and to be able to come in and his skill set was like, man, this would be perfect. Especially, like, he, he could have backed up Pat perfectly, I think. Yeah. Um, but we'll find out. Like I said, I'm hoping – um, I'm, I'm guessing they're going to bring Justin Lewis back at a minimum because he is on the Summer League team. Um, and then, yeah, Adama sounds like a really nice prospect and so someone that you find that can be a really good rotation big and give you consistent production. Yeah. I, I was so surprised that Lewis went undrafted last year. Like when you watch, just like watches like tape, 
like he, he just sticks out like athletic physical good size can shoot. Like, can shoot yeah like i i was like like you said Corey, it could just be a situation of you know agents trying to steer their client away so that they can kind of get a the perfect situation for them but yeah lewis just seemed like a guy that you would expect to get drafted so i agree with salim like i, I know some people were I, I know some people may like criticize this as like okay the bulls have drafted you know these types of players or sign these types of players and you know it, it's not an archetype that is paid off just yet but i still like the approach to it in terms of getting all these guys with size who can potentially have two-way ability like you know with pat and dalen and you know lewis and um now you add phillips to that like it's a good mix and then even in the backcourt with io and kobe's improved defensively like there there are a lot of players on this team who are kind of progressing towards that two-way role so it can we you know develop these guys in-house uh you mentioned the shooting coach with uh Patton. could can these players take that next jump with the shooting can they you know take a next jump somewhere else and you know be valuable to this team so i i like the approach and i think they're doing really well with it um the next guy and i, I think there's some confusion uh over whether he's actually uh signed with the team um, there were rumors of a two-way contract, but I've seen like from different sources that that's not like done yet. I'm not sure. Um, don't want to mess up his name, but um, the team I think is uh, Bitum, yeah, Bitum. Honor, Bitum. Bitum. Yeah. So um, I think. <laughs> so, yeah. Apologies if, if we have messed up the name, but uh, yeah, his on paper it seems like he has a really good skill set, like. I was surprised that they were like another player. I was surprised, like, wow, this guy was available for just a two way contract. But uh, seems very promising overall. Uh, Corey, do you like what are your thoughts on? Again, we don't really. I guess we don't really know for sure if he is a part of a team. I seen conflicting things from different sources, but I like what I've seen from uh, what's on YouTube and and things like that. So, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I that's really. The, I, I wasn't really familiar with him previous to you know the rumors starting that he was a guy that the Bulls may sign or or may not, and you know obviously the contract situations overseas are tricky a lot of times, uh, and that could be like what the potential holdup is. Uh, it, when I watched uh, the when I started to watch, I was like, eh, I'm like I, I don't know, he seems kind of slow, a little bit like down ground bound, but um. The skills, you know, for sure, like are apparent. So he could be a change, a nice change of pace guy from like some of the more like athletic guys the Bulls have been targeting and to to get a, a potential like more skilled guy. Or he could just be an agent favor. Uh, he could be a guy who spends a lot of time uh, with the Windy City Bulls if he if he does come over. I don't necessarily think he's somebody worth getting excited about, but um. Yeah, I guess it'll be interesting to actually see if if it happens or not. So, so he's not the next Manu. <laughs> I don't think so. I, 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 let's let's start at the next Noach. Okay, <laughs> you, right? like, I would say that. Hey, I, listen, I'll take how, that. I would oh, say of that, course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think the Kings and the Thunder have brought over you know some more uh, enticing overseas players in the last mm. couple of days than what the Bulls are going to get. Man, let me tell you, putting Noach at the four today. Woo! Oh that would be gosh. that would be fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, well, imagine right. how many threes he'd shoot nowadays. Oh, yeah, Lord. man. I... And just being the a pest annoyance to teams, just getting it, getting everyone pissed off, and 
going out there being a double double machine probably high <laughs> coast, to coast drives yeah high energy oh my god no no came in the wrong era he should have if only if he was like 10 years younger and played today that'd be <laughs> oh he'd be perfect Nose was awesome man just uh he, he was one of my favorite bulls like during that time oh, yeah. he's such a such an awesome player but okay so let, let's let's uh put like a bow on all of this so um we're we're still in free agency. Io is um there's no deal done with Io yet. Um do we have any like there do you have any like additional predictions of what we think the Bulls are going to do transaction wise um uh, this week or the next couple of weeks? Like do we think Io comes back? Do we do we think Zach does end up getting traded or Corey, what what are your thoughts? Do you what do you what are you predicting for the rest of free agency? I think Io comes back on what probably is going to be a fair deal, um, a deal that I probably would imagine is going to end up being cheaper than what I would have thought it would be after his rookie year. Uh, and I don't think Zach gets traded. I don't know. The Bulls have not been super splashy. Like, I know the, they did the Vooch trade, but the organization hasn't been super splashy. So I feel like I'm going to take the conservative approach and be like, it, it's kind of just team run it back. I feel like that's where we're going to be at. You dare Part bet. The, you dare bet against dropping dimes. <laughs> I know. I'm a little nervous about it. To be to be honest, I, I just feel like there's a lot of smoke for a while now about Zach. Like we've we've talked about since the trade deadline where the Bulls were taking inquiries on him. So it just almost seems inevitable. Um, I'm just hoping I'm not pissed off at the return. <laughs> like I yeah. just that's what I'm I'm bracing myself on at this point. Um as far as Iowa's concerned, yeah, I think he's gonna be back at either the qualifying offer or like like Corey said, they'll work out a deal maybe if they can do something like three years, uh fifteen million. That would be nice. Um I'm hoping that they can add a couple of more vet men people. I mean, there's some good young players out there like Baisley and then uh what was a one trap what, what is it? What 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 Thorpe? What I can't remember his name. Trendon is his first name. Waterford. Waterford. Probably butchering that. I don't even know what I was thinking. <laughs> Waterford, that's correct. Yeah. Uh Trendon Waterford is intriguing. A couple of young guys that was Kind of interesting that they were let go, like especially with the Blazers, because like, what were why why did you release him? Like, especially now that Dame is asking for a trade, is like you could have kept this guy. He was a good young player. Yeah. Um. So he'd be someone I would love for the Bulls to just kind of steal, and then maybe you can add like a Tory Craig or or a Terrence Ross. Um. Mm. I would be okay if they didn't add anyone of those either, like Tory Craig or Terrence Ross. Just so then maybe that. And it, it may it could bite them for sure, but it, it opens up minutes for guys like Dale and Terry to come in and and kind of you know grasp a role in the rotation if they've improved. Yeah. Um. So that's something to consider as well. Like, because if you end up signing like a Tory Craig, I think then that pretty much kills a lot of opportunities for minutes in the rotations. Because I don't think Billy is going to play uh, any of the younger guys at all over Tory Craig. Like he's not gonna give Dalen Terry minutes over Tory Craig unless something crazy happens and Dalen just comes in and just like, oh man, he's just so completely different than what he was last season. Um so that that's why I kind of slightly hope that they don't add another like a veteran 
Blackman guy. Um, more so just another young guy. So let like one of the young guys figure out and work themselves into the rotation. That would be more preferable in my opinion. But yeah, I mean, those are some of the things that I'm thinking about right now. As far they need as a chucker to do. Yeah. Some, they need a three point chucker, like somebody who could get some stuff. They still need shooting. Like I don't, sure. think, I don't think Javon Carter solves that aspect. If you're going to add anybody, let's get some volume shooters yeah. in here who yeah. can come in and just gun a little bit and provide some volume, even if it's for, like that's why like Terrence Ross, like I, I mean obviously he wasn't even getting minutes um, at the end of last year on a, a good team. So like I don't know if he's completely cooked or not, but at least he could like get them up. Yeah. yeah. If even if it's just for seven minutes a game, like the Bulls need, like, because at the end of the day, the, the a lot of the Bulls' losses just come from math, right? You know, it, it's as simple as that. Like, it's just a math problem. They don't shoot enough threes, so I, I think if anything, that's the one thing they really need to focus on. Um, and oh. Oh. so wh- whoever's out there, like, just get get the guy who could chuck up some threes and potentially shoot it at like thirty eight percent. I wonder. Yeah, if, I thought um, you know, I thought like a guy like Niang would be available for the minimum, but yeah. you know, he signed with uh, it was the Cavs for yeah. Cleveland went and got some shooters. They yeah, um, they they went on and spent their you know spent their exceptions or whatever have you and 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 added shooting with them. So I don't know. Like it's it's tough to see like on the Redmond market uh, what you can get. At, like Jeff Green was someone I was kind of holding out for, but then he what where do you go? Um, Houston, Houston. That's right. So some of these guys are like you. You kind of need a little bit more size. That's why you're kind of thinking of guys like Tory Craig and Terrence Ross is like six six, granted, but um, I was. Thinking, I don't know. I was Christian about, Wood's uh, still out there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen. For the vet men, I'll, I'll, I'll tolerate it. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Can we get sure. Grant, Grant Williams somehow? You know, he annoys me. <laughs> I was I was thinking about um not that before it but um I was thinking about whether they would revisit Danilo Gallinari. I don't know how the, the numbers would work, but like he's in Washington now and I don't I'm sure they probably wouldn't want him, but like he coming off an ACL injury, I mean the guy can shoot. So I mean I if they do that. a buyout with him, maybe yeah. I'll see if you can add him for the vet men. Outside of that, I'm not trading anything for him. Yeah, yeah, no for sure. So yeah, I'm I'm with you guys. I think it's uh, it, it's I don't know. Like I, I, I'm tempted now to just go all in on my conspiracy theory with this and say that it's going to happen. But I, I don't know. It, <laughs> like like I said, it, it's just such a, it's just such a weird route to me to, to want to compete, and then trade your top player and say, hey, we can still do it and. I don't know. It just doesn't really flow to me, and then it, it makes it makes the Carter signing, I think, look even stranger because then you would think that him playing next to Zach is something that you would think about when signing him. So I don't know. Like it's it, given that the, there's a lot of reports that the Bulls' asking price for Zach is astronomical or just really high, then I would hope that they get a great deal. But yeah, it, I don't know. It just ooh, I don't know. It, it, it's it, it'd be an interesting time on on Bulls Twitter for sure to see to see it happen and then to see what we actually get. Uh, I think we're gonna get a lot of differing opinions about about that. Yeah, no for sure. 
We'll see. Yeah, yeah, we'll see what happens. But Corey, thank you as always for for coming on Bulls Gold and giving us your thoughts on the Bulls. You always talk about how you like uh, leaving your, your your draft world for a second just to come on and you know be a fan and talk about the team and all of our boring moves and you know maybe we can make some splashy moves one day again. I don't know, <laughs> but now is probably yeah, not the time. But we we thank you as always for coming on. <laughs> Uh, let our listeners know where they can follow you, what you're working on right now, and what they can I- expect uh, for draft coverage coming up for uh, soon. You'll be starting on next year's draft. Yeah, uh, I appreciate you guys having me as always. Like yeah. I always say, you guys were the first podcast uh, that ever asked me to come on. So I feel like I got you know my start here, yeah. and that always means a lot. Um, so, yeah, as far as the coverage goes, uh, I'll be at Summer League for five days coming up. Um, we'll be doing a lot of coverage there uh, with the No Ceilings crew. Um, so definitely stay. We got like no uh, summer league previews coming up at, at No Ceilings this week, and then all the live coverage while we're out in Vegas. Um, and then from there, um, definitely gonna start covering the 2024 draft class. It's gonna be rough, you know. We're coming out of Wemby, Scoot, and you know, the Thompsons and, you know, regardless of what you think of some of these guys and Brad and Miller and this next class, everybody's going to be a little bit underwhelmed. It's pretty rough right now. And Ooh. guys are definitely going to come back to college as returners and like break out. But at the top, especially the incoming um, high school class, it's pretty rough. It's pretty rough. So, but we're going to make it as entertaining as we possibly can over at No Ceilings for sure. Um, and then I don't know, I we'll see how the summer goes. I've been thinking of maybe, you know, diving in a, a little individual sub stack and doing some NBA stuff. We're definitely going to cover the NBA a little bit more, uh, no ceilings next year as well, but no ceilings, NBA.com, no ceilings podcast and, uh, no ceilings on YouTube content coming like almost every day on any of the platforms. Follow me on Twitter while it's still around at Corey Tulliba <laughs> and uh, NBA draft dude on all the other socials. So yeah, got, you know, off season, try to keep it rolling a little bit, but always down to, to come talk about the bulls, man. Yeah. Uh, if you're listening to this, make sure as you're winding down your uh, restricted views for a week or a day, make sure you <laughs> check out Corey make sure you check out no ceilings. It'll be well worth it before you are shadow band or whatever is going on on Twitter right now. <laughs> you got you got finally reached ten thousand followers on no ceilings. Yes, that's yes. Uh, that's awesome. Uh, right. Hopefully Twitter doesn't break down. So <laughs> yeah, that just in time. Doesn't, just in time <laughs> for Twitter to break down. Uh, um, no, yeah, I would like. It's always great to have Corey on. Yeah, always yeah. love his insight. Always love that we can be a, a avenue for him to finally talk some bulls. Uh, because he probably has to talk about the Knicks all the time living in New York. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do a lot of Knicks stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because I, I always see you on a lot of like pods when you're talking hoops. You're talking about about teams that a lot of Knicks fans like to have you on to talk some some Knicks stuff. So, uh, you know, we got to save you sometimes there. That's so, right. From... <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> oh, man. Celine, you got any uh, final thoughts before we wrap up? Yeah, like I said, you know, things with Corey. Um, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens as far as everything is concerned with Zach Levine. If they're going to make any more additional moves. Like I said, Io still hanging out there. Um, he is probably one of the better restricted fee agents available uh, left on the market. So right. 
Uh, I don't know what teams have space left anymore uh, that would go out and offer him a deal that, you know, they were not thinking of doing because obviously restricted free agency is kind of goofy. It works a little different. So if anyone's going to offer a, a restricted free agent a deal, they're not going to do it until like the, the, what would you call it? The moratorium, moratorium ends. So that when the first official day of free agency begins is when uh, you start seeing deals handed to restricted free agents because they don't want to like, you know, have that three days match mm-hmm. period be you know, lost because you you know your your team had more than enough time to make that decision to match or not. So we'll see if the Bulls end up just extending him on their own without him hitting restricted free agency or. Or getting into the market. So we'll see what happens with that. And yeah, we'll see if the Bulls add any more minimum things, players. Um, yeah. AK said he was going to make moves. Uh, he's made a couple of moves. Uh, I don't know if that's <laughs> really what we, like he, the way he said it, he made it sound like it was going to be bigger shakeup than so, uh, adding a couple of uh, rotation players. But. So on a scale of, uh, on a scale of not cooking to let AK cook, are we in make a sandwich mode? Are we popping popcorn? Like, are we warming up a frozen dinner? Like, where are we at on the cook scale? <laughs> yeah, I think right now he 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 put in a hearty what are those hearty meals uh, microwaveables? <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, like it's fine. It, it, yeah, it's cool. yeah, it does. It gets it gets the job done on it, getting the team better than last season, but it's not. I don't know if that's what uh, he meant when he was like being so coy at the presser about, yeah, I'm going to be making moves. Like, I'm going to be doing my job. You know, it's like, yeah. so, we'll see. Yeah, so we're, we're not quite at air fryer mode yet. Uh, yeah. Hopefully we get the DoorDash <laughs> no. mode. I don't know. That'd be probably lower down, but uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens with that. But uh, yeah, that concludes today's Bulls goal. As always, you can catch our. Uh, current and past shows right here on the Barroom Network, wherever you, available wherever you get your podcast. Thank you again to Corey Talaba for dropping by. For Salim Zawala, I'm Edward Shula. This has been Bulls Gold, and we will catch you next time.